on Bad Radio. They went six and ten, and again, their their job is to sell you on this particular. They team. went six and ten after going ten and six. That's why they're rising, Bob. Their stars are rising, not falling. Brad. Yeah. Hi, Brad. Yeah. Okay. I think y'all need to go back where you came from, okay? Green Bay and Ohio. Ohio, Cleveland Browns, with a uniform the same color as your bunghole. You know what I'm saying? Don't be blasting the Cowboys. They got history. They got tradition here. Orange? Yeah, yeah. Wait. What? The color orange? Do you not understand English? That's what I thought. The prairie sky is wide and high. Green? Doesn't make any sense. Yours is green. Mine's not orange. You all need to go back where you came from. We won the Super Bowl last year. Is that two in two weeks? That is the weekly go back from where you came from call. All right, everybody. There has been a lot of name calling against our office today. Corporate maligning, slurring. Much of it coming from one of you who claims that prison is better than here. And none of us can say boo because none of us have ever been to prison. Well, there's somebody I'd like you to meet. Somebody else who has been to prison who can tell you what it is really like. I'm Prison Mike! You know why they call me Prison Mike? Do you really expect us to believe you're somebody else? Do you really expect me to not push you up against the wall, biatch? Oh, wow. All right, hey, 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 hey. That's just the way we talk in the clique. Been a lot of fun talk about prison today, but I am here to scare you straight. I am here to scare you straight! In prison, you are somebody's bitch. Oh, and you. You, my friend, would be the belle of the ball. Don't drop the soap. Don't drop the soap. Michael, please. Where did you learn all of this? Internet. Now, the original Star Wars is second all time. Titanic is number one. That's not a bad movie. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. This is not fresh material. I demand fresh jokes. I think it's in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm king of the <laughs> See? <laughs> See? Okay, let me just get this straight. You're trying to tell us all this is a really cool movie. I think I saw it like three times in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> you... Forget Star Wars. We're just doing. We're just talking about Bob's obsession with Titanic. Why didn't we do a Titanic show? I know. Then? Why didn't we? Dressed what up were we thinking? In, uh, 1910. <laughs> like Leonardo DiCaprio. Look. <laughs> hey, I'm the guy in steerage. I'm. Uh... <laughs> Three times in the theater. Did it surprise you every time it hit the iceberg? <laughs> oh, no! What are they going to do? Are they going to get out of this? And you know what? And I, saw Bra- oh, I saw Braveheart a no. number of times. What's wrong with this? Rod, what were you going to ask me? Oh, right. I was going to ask you who you think would win in a fight between a grilled cheese sandwich and a taco. Is that really what you're gonna ask? Yes. Um, grilled cheese, but only in a fair fight. If it's prison rules, I'd take the taco. Wow, that's pretty racist, but correct. On this day in 2000. Rise again. 
An Alaska Airlines jet plummeted into the Pacific Ocean, killing all 88 people aboard, Corby. <laughs> oh, Bob. Uh, Sorry, yes, I didn't Bob. know who was doing that. You know, ever since Got you guys... Got anything on flight 191 still? Ever since you guys sat down, it smells like updog in here. What? It smells like updog in here. What's updog? Not much. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Damn right, hot five. Are you kidding me? No, he's not kidding. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Woo. He's so happy right now. <laughs> he thinks he's such a genius. <laughs> he was the doing that earlier. Winner of Super and Bowl I guess 40. you are, because I'm laughing. <laughs> the winner of Super Bowl 40. <laughs> me. God. That you're is there, you're the there. worst Boy, mark that. joke I have ever heard. You guys up for a toga party? Toga! Toga! I think they like the idea, Hoof. Oh, Otter, please don't do this. We got news for you, pal. They're going to nail us no matter what we do. So we might as well have a good time. Toga! 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 It's a big butt. Right about now, Sports Radio 13 to the Ticket presents the Bob and Dan Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast. This week, Adam Silver talks about kids these days, phone scan, and Dan turns 50. Also, Jake Z, hashtag he's on my note, Julie Dabs, RIP, TK Flemingan, RIP, Donnie Doo. Now, two guys who are driving down that rainbow road, it's Bob Sturm and Dan McDowell. Oh! Shut it down! Let's go So grown, so huge, get out of here. Out of control here, Bill. I don't want audio! Football, football. Isn't football great? Man, I love football so much. You want the ultimate. Gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Is this it? Is this it? Get out! No idea what to do right now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greetings and salutations, P1s, and welcome again to another episode of the Bad Radio Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast, covering the week of March 8th. On this week's podcast, we have some Jerry Jones audio from the Combine. We have the Tyler Sagan Show, some Adam Silver comments about kids these days. We have some Lakers talk, some old Dan play-by-play. We have Dan's birthday guest, Gabe Kapler. We have another Bad Radio Reports on Momo. And a Friday phone scan. We start things off with Jerry Jones' audio from the Combine. Jerry, because Jerry talked. Yes, he did. Some microphones were shoved in his face. Uh, was he on the bang bus? He was on the bus. Don't know what if they call it the same name you do. But, uh, yeah, Jerry uh, sat with the media, as he will, in one of his three tour stops every spring. This is number two after the Senior Bowl, but before the owners' meetings. And uh, he'll sit there and looks like he enjoys it. He always wears the same stuff, which is casual wear. 
some nice baseball hat usually. Always branded. Yeah, and uh, he's just in his comfies. And, uh, you know, when you talk to him at the draft, he's probably more into like a nice suit or something like that. But uh, this time of year, he's, uh, he's all about the sweats and uh, his comfies. And I get it. I get it. So he sits on the bus. He's getting lots of pointed questions. He's answering them. And, you know, lots of run-on sentences and stream of consciousness. And it's just, uh, it's just what we do. It's just what we do. So let's dive into this. I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of taken with the end just because I believe Todd Archer got him on the run about winning and how important winning is and is it still a priority and how about money and just all this stuff. And Jerry started chatting, and I believe that's uh, what we will start with here on the tickets, and uh, we'll do it presently. I am absolutely, uh, I couldn't be more uh, uh, I'm going to say more in a a, uh, why mode. It really feels like he's uh trying to start the uh, engine here and uh, get his brain going. I might have done him a little dirty, but that was 30 <laughs> seconds. Wow. Very... All right. Turn over here. Let's Come get on. to the answer here. <laughs> then as to why we haven't won or been in a Super Bowl in the last uh, 20-something years. It is just absolutely a stunning thing to me to think of why we're not there with what we commit and what we do to win Super Bowls. Most teams have been through several general managers. They've been through just as many general managers have been through coaches. Uh, uh, so uh, I look at all the teams that have had all their change in management pursuing that Super Bowl, pursuing those Super Bowls. Uh, how we manage not to get a Super Bowl with Tony Romo as our quarterback will always be probably my biggest disappointment. Or stop it there for a second. That to me is the part where I'm like, does he? He's so close. Does he hear what he's saying? He's so close to like, uh, to, hey, maybe we should <laughs> try something different here. <laughs> you know, other teams, teams they, are, they they go to Super Bowls work, because they so keep chasing it. Try something different, and that doesn't work. He's like, Man, we've had the same guy the whole time. You think so it's weird. Guy? It's weird <laughs> that we haven't. We have stability. Didn't yeah, you guys say stability to... is the uh, the only key? I mean, Belichick and Brady and Kraft. I mean, we're doing it the same way. What are we? Uh, what are we doing wrong? I don't get this. Well, it's, it's just we're following the Patriots recipe that, perfectly. That I, I'm just trying to. I mean, it, it's amazing. I'm looking at all the things, uh, and really nope. nothing's popping out to me. I mean, we've had this. I say the same things same Chris Rock GM says. And... <laughs> no stone unturned. What's we had something very special there. And we should have been able to figure out a way to get it home at the time. And it wasn't because we didn't use every trick in the book, salary cap-wise, every way in the world to put the talent on the field to get it done. And we've actually, in my mind... So, not <laughs> yeah. look, it's not us. Like, uh, it's not Steven. He managed the salary cap. It's not me. That I'm the GM. The talent was there. Uh, it's just I'm at a loss. There's just really no reason. I mean, that's. I mean, we've isn't this like a lottery everything thing? Everything else, and yet still, isn't this just a thing like uh, 
awarding Super Bowls or whatever, eventually you get one. You you know he like thinks playing, it's part of the bidding process. <laughs> like you know, you're playing you just, the slots. Like yeah, at some I mean, point, eventually the odds will supposed say, to even out here. We're supposed to win some Super Bowl. Boy, Bowls, that's awesome. That I, was a great. The, uh, this, it's not like we didn't have the talent. I clearly. also love that he describes these as like salary cap tricks, which essentially means wrecking your cap for years to come. Yeah, I mean, every day, every year we did that. Every season. Like somehow we owe, we're like $30 million yeah, in dead how about cap the next That year, might be one of the reasons why... <laughs> Like we you just actually didn't about. what you just do what you just said. One time we even violated the league rules and they fined <laughs> yeah, us. We, got, we did everything we could. <laughs> Every trick. <laughs> Penalized we'll the talent on the field to get it done. And we've actually, in my mind, had uh, two, possibly three times uh, when we should have dominoed and should have gotten it. But we didn't. Should have dominoed. We were in position. You know, just only got to the divisional round because the dominoes were not, were not falling our way there. Blandino. But we didn't. Uh, all that does sitting here at this juncture, when I look around at where we are, and I look at it even through a personal perspective, there is nothing. There's absolutely nothing short of the health and goodwill of uh, the people I care about. There's nothing that means more to me than if I could get a Super Bowl. And don't get specific on... Which family members? Right. <laughs> he's a year away from offering you one of them. He's like, next year he's like, all right. Uh, let's see. So wow, we, two, three times. We should have been in the Super Bowl three times. Just broke, didn't break our way. You know, we were right there. I mean, at least unlike the Browns, they can say, you know, we did have the best record in the NFC twice. So when you say regular season, but then when they, you say you've left no stone unturned. I don't feel like that's you, you never you never thought you should actually hire a general manager. You should continue to be you should continue to run things because of your expertise and your your spotless track record that demonstrates you you know what? You can't find a better general manager than Jerry himself. Or you should at least own it. I mean that's and clear. Say, We've tried everything else and our cap has been bad and to a certain extent our entire general manager operation was bad for a lot of this. And that's on us. Rather than say, we've tried everything else, what could it be? But instead of you've expertly managed the cap, how about you've expertly mismanaged it? Because of what you did say in the last segment. Everybody gets the biggest contract. Everybody gets paid. Everybody. I mean, again, if you want to argue that the Cowboys have turned over. Do you think the Roy Williams contract was a good one? If if, (laughs) if you want to argue they've turned over every stone, the, the, the simple counter for that is. Something I've said a million times on this show, which is the Cowboys have more resources with which to build a franchise than anyone in sports history. They absolutely could hire the best coaching staff money could buy and do it five times over. And they can money the best whip. Front, front office. They money could have the buy. best scouts. They could have the best general managers. They could have a team of general managers. They could buy the best five general managers in football and hire them away from their employers and put them all as some sort of uh, elders, uh, some some sort of boardroom uh, from from the heavens that uh, that that the league can't compete with because you have the only five billion dollar franchise. In fact, I believe you also have the only four billion dollar franchise, and you may have the only three billion dollar franchise they are that far ahead of everyone in this sport with absurd amounts of money and annual income and yet they continue to say no we want to be the world's biggest family-run business 
we want to continue to do this. It's fun. We get to put on our same uh, Patagonia vest or whatever whatever vest we put on every morning. We get to go to work and we get to uh, we get to all be uh, father and son and we get to do this our way and and that's fine. But then don't on the other side say we've tried everything. You really haven't. You've tried everything that that uh, complies with uh, your own personal rules, and it's been entertaining. It just hasn't resulted in a Super Bowl. All right, it's 107 at Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Let's uh, Or a NFC Championship game. I knew that was coming. Or a Final Four. <laughs> because we always talk about how we, they're just Super Bowl or bust. Three times. It was close. Not that close. Made some Final Eights. Now it's the Tyler Sagan Show. Tyler, welcome to your show. Of course, this is Tyler Sagan, ladies. Uh, Fresh off a a victory last night, and more importantly, fresh off perhaps the most successful Stars road trip in uh, a decade, Bob. (laughs) Wow. You guys are taking a little bit too much credit. (laughs) Well, we weren't being given any, so we'll take what we can get. It was a very good road trip. Very good. Has to uh, the room has to feel great right now, I'd imagine, especially after uh, last night. So yeah, con- it's, it's a good feeling. I think that first game after a road trip, especially the one we just had, the long one. Um, you know, that first game home after that is uh, a big one. You know, it's everyone's a little mentally tired from the trip and just got home, and um, so there's a lot of you know, thought and talk put into our process and our emotion and um, found a way to win. Yeah, and just to kind of get going in the right direction again because that last homestand did not go great, uh, at least on either end of the St. Louis game. And so you guys had to get going because, man, as as we boarded that plane uh, a week and a half ago, there there was real concern. I, I, I think uh, – you know, you guys keep an even keel, but I think at that point it it, it felt like uh, you guys were running out of uh, mulligans just a little bit, right? Uh, or, or or were you good the whole time? Um, no, I mean, I think it was pretty even keel. I mean, we've been here before. I'm hoping we're going to bank on our experience. Um, you know, the last few years, I feel like we've been in this position a lot. We've been in the fights, and, um, you know, we got in one year with a little bit of a a cushion that we had from a great start to the year. Um, but, you know, now we're here, here we are again, same as last year in the fight in a playoff squad. And, you know, this year we're seeing to close the job out. So yesterday, uh, I don't know if you call this controversy, but with the uh, Radulov getting suspended for a game for being late to practice, mm-hmm. was that controversial at all in the room? 
I know uh, fans were arguing about about that a bit on whether that was a worthy punishment or whether that should have been a punishment at all or, you know, did the punishment fit the crime and all that kind of stuff? No, I think everyone has their opinion, but I think as far as our room, especially right now, we're strong. Um, you know, when the coach says something or makes a decision, then the leaders back them up and it just kind of filters through the rest of the room. So, um, you know, we obviously have team rules and I'm sure Rad is going to come back next game uh, with a lot of fire and ready to go. You know, there was uh, some moments last night that I thought were pretty interesting. Can I ask about that just oh, suspension, though, just a yeah, little more? On. Sure. Just not to move off I it mean, only because I Tyler might not think so, but I'm going to say sure. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying, just fan-wise, I don't know what being late means. Does it mean if you were two minutes late, if you were a little late to the bus, do you miss practice? I, I don't... I guess I don't even understand that. Is it morning skate the day of? Do you meet here or do you meet in Frisco? How does that all work? Um, morning of skates, we meet at uh, American Airlines Center, so we're not in Frisco. Um, I think late falls on to practices, games, meetings, um, buses. I mean, I have I've made mistakes before in the past. I've been late to things, so obviously I've put that to rest, put that behind me, but, you know, I've been there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have we have team rules. Everyone follows them. and um, You know, it's kind of a, just a quick case close. You know, made a mistake, and everyone's moved on. Because, yeah, you've actually – this happened to you, right, in the last game of the season? Yeah, last year. Last yeah, so – No, no, this was a few years ago. Oh, a couple years ago. You, uh, But you actually got suspended for a game. So – and I believe at yeah, that it, time you thought it – you said it was worthy as well. So, yeah. Yeah, this was probably – this is – um, Lindy Ruff. So yeah, a couple coaches ago, yeah. <laughs> a couple years ago. Okay, I, just wondering what what that all means. But uh, I suppose getting a victory out of it makes it all better, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously we missed Rad's uh, offensive abilities, and with how many power plays we had, we could obviously use them. But um, you know, I think I obviously haven't talked to him, but I mean, he's a grown man. He knows he made a mistake, and that's it. Case closed, and we don't have to talk about it anymore. See, Dan. There you go. Case closed. Okay. Hey, I'm cool. Hey, Tyler. So, I mean, with that, I wanted, I'm not really cool. I wanted to talk hockey with you just a little bit from one particular aspect of the game that you were involved in last night, which is the gold mouth scramble. And you are a guy who scores lots of goals and uh, practice and 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 uh, even even uh, you know plays that are tried. You try to design are are often not chaotic. They uh, there's some order, but then the gold mouth scramble. I think you the one I was this got me thinking right before the end of the first period. It's just total chaos and everyone's trying to decapitate everyone as a puck is loose and you're trying to you're trying to figure out how to score uh, in that situation but there's just it's got to be all a blur and I just wondered if if there's any sort of strategy as a goal scorer on what you're trying to do or are you just is it all moving too fast? Um quick plays like that I mean it's mainly instincts and you try to practice you know habits and I think a goal, like a scramble like that if you get the opportunity to get the puck I think you want to try to get it up as quick as you can um, but other than that I mean sometimes it's instincts I mean I know I had one there at the end of the first and I grabbed it on my back and turned around and shot my forehead and right away I was mad at myself for not lifting it up because um, it's probably harder to shoot it five hole along the ice than it is to or harder to score like that five hole on the ice than it is to get it up so you know I wasn't happy with myself is there is there any way to train that in the off season, <laughs> like to resemble chaos and to resemble someone 
working on your head while you're uh, trying to <laughs> trying to get yeah. the puck? How do you do that? I mean, there's a lot of drills you can do. I mean, one drill I do um, is I'll have someone with a puck standing behind me, and he'll place the puck kind of like right in front of me. Um, but I can't see it till it's out of the corner of my eye, and it has to be super quick getting it up. Um, so there's many different drills you can do. You can have people with pads on your back and hitting you while you're, while you're trying to score. Um, there's many different tricks and things, and it's just about instincts and creating those habits. And then down on the other end of the ice, right before the end of uh, the game last night, uh, you, you we had chaos in front of Ben Bishop and uh, poor Jason Dickinson. It appears he's uh, taking one for the team on a regular basis these days, and uh, that was quite a collision, and, and uh, everyone looked like they had a chance to exchange uh, pleasantries there with one second to go. You were on the bench for that, but it looked like uh, big fun. Yeah, I, I actually told Dickinson that uh... – uh, it was a little bit of karma for not shooting the puck in the empty net and trying to pass it. So you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it just happens. All right, this is the Tyler Sagan Show. Every week uh, we talk to our favorite Dallas Star hockey player, our favorite hockey player overall. Forget just Dallas Stars. Am I wrong, guys? Um, and after the Blues game where uh, Jamie Benn returned, and a glorious return that it was, we got to talking, I guess this was on Monday, because uh, Ben returns with a hat trick, which is pretty yeah. sweet. Um, now it was not a natural hat trick. And the reason we got to talking about it because Razor, uh, in calling the third goal or whatever, he was referring to it as a hattie. We like when people shorten their words. So it's a hattie, uh, but it was not a natural hat trick, which we would, uh, refer to perhaps at least we did as a natty hattie. Uh This is true. And then, uh, we've also used the word natty to mean national championship. So Bob wondered aloud, has anyone ever scored a natty hattie to win a natty? And we thought that's ridiculous because, uh, even scoring a hattie to win a natty seems, uh, just the odds are right. It's like winning the lottery. Did you like have to write that all down last night before you went to bed and had to think about that one? I've been thinking about this ever since Monday when we talked about having a natty hattie to win a natty, but uh, certainly just a hattie to win a natty. I want to ask you, Mr. Sagan, did you know that we all know someone that has actually scored a natty hattie to win a natty? I did not know this. That's impressive. Isn't that money? It's money. <laughs> Did you know that? Oh, what a guess! <laughs> I just I, I had a, just a guess, and yeah, it's a good guess. It's actually money. I'm gonna have to send him a text and say "natty hattie" and a natty, eh? <laughs> so it so, was a natty hattie, not just a hattie. Like, he, just think of the odds of scoring a hattie to win a natty. But his were all in the third period in, in a comeback victory for uh, Maine to win a national championship. He trusted the process. <laughs> all with like four minutes left with yeah. four minutes left yeah yeah it uh, makes sense he's always talking about patience and games and staying with it so i'm not surprised he had uh personal success with it okay so he hasn't made you guys watch that game or anything or told you stories he doesn't always reference that uh that glory day of his uh no but uh, i'm sure i'll bring it up in the next couple of days <laughs> you've had many hatties have you had a natty hattie um Probably, yeah. You're being modest yeah. now because I you're you're pretty good with the recall on these things. Yeah, but I, I mean, I I don't think it's like a, it's not like that. I mean, it's like uncommon, I guess, but it's not super uncommon. I mean, it happens. You know, we get hat tricks a lot of times. Sometimes it's all three in a row. That's just kind of how it works. Okay, it's just a circle of life, Dan. 
So you, <laughs> so you guys are uh, now, and, and, and this is uh, the fun thing about a weekly show, is uh, we get to experience the roller coaster ride with you sometimes. Now you guys have put yourself in a good spot again, and now you just have to keep going. Uh, and, and, and when we discuss this, uh, the weather changes, the standings change, you're back in a really good spot. But uh, the pressure in no way drops for even a couple games because we know how that can work out sometimes. No, I mean, every game's a playoff game from here on out. And you saw last night against a team that's not even in playoffs. They're playing so loose, and sometimes those teams are the scary ones. Um, it's hard to get emotion in those games early on, and you just got to find a way to win. And, you know, I think right now, playoff teams, um, you don't lose two in a row. So if we do lose a game, you just got to make sure it's not two in a row and um, keep grinding here on out because. We worked hard to be in this position all year, um, and we're not that far behind St. Louis, so we're putting our our target there and not behind us. And it does feel – I know everyone says this every year, and sometimes it just – it sounds like players using player speak, but uh, when you say you guys are playing playoff hockey and uh, stylistically, it, it, it just it, – it, it passes the test, the eyeball test. It looks like you guys are in one-goal games and figuring out how to win them and low scoring and tight checking. I mean, that's that's the Dallas Stars right now. Well, I think for us, I mean, we had this vision in our head, you know, especially with a new coaching staff coming in, that we we're going to be more of an offensive team that play with more speed. Um, and then things just kind of changed, and we had injuries, and we'd adapted, and we took a little longer to find what exactly our team identity was. It took a little longer in the year than it usually would, and then once we figured out that it kind of it really is a defensive team that is going to outwork you and outlast you, um, that's why we get in these games that are one nothing, two one, and that's why you might not get personal statistics, but that's our style, that's what our identity is this year, so that's where we're sticking to it, and um, it is a playoff type hockey that's been playoff successful in the past, so um, you'll see a lot of these games here on out. One more. Uh thing just to settle that we were talking about on the show this week, I want to make sure we brought it up today, is that uh, we were listening to an NBA game together, me and Bob in Vegas, and they had referred to some of their third quarter problems, and they said one of the things they tried to do to stop them from having problems was they banned cell phones at halftime. And we we thought that was amazing they even were allowed to be on their cell phone at halftime, and then uh, somebody in the room here said, I think think, uh, hockey players wouldn't allow that. Yeah, no, we we don't we don't go in the in the change room. I, I mean, part of my routine is right when it gets to the rink, I turn my phone on airplane mode, and then I turn it back off of it when the game's over. That's just part of my routine. I don't think any guys really go and look at their phones during the games. I think there's too much focus on what's happening. That's what I would have assumed for all sports. Yeah, I guess I would have assumed it too. But um, yeah, I don't know much about base, uh, basketball, so there you go. So, but if a hockey coach turned the corner and somebody was on their phone in the first intermission, how would how do you think that might go? I'd probably take your phone. Yeah, and then like whip it against the wall, break it into a hundred pieces. It depends on the coach. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys uh, enjoy your day off. It's the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow, and uh, the Blackhawks after that. And uh, boy, it's it's a fun time of year where hockey is must see. So uh, good times. We visit with you again next week, sir. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Tyler. That's Tyler Sagan. Look at that, Dan. Adam Silver talks about kids these days. So Adam Silver was speaking at the MIT Sloan Analytics Conference. The commissioner of the NBA. Sloan Peterson. 
And uh, he was on stage with Bill Simmons. A little comedy there goes with when ESPN reported on this or put out any video of this. They did a tight shot of Adam Adam Silver talking to nobody because uh, they didn't want to publicize Bill Simmons at all. How weird is that? Like, no, like nobody would figure that out in one second? <laughs> it's... It probably brings more attention to it. Of course it does. The fact that they did that, but subjectively, look. what is that worth? I don't know, either way. Um, but he spoke for quite some time, and he spoke on different topics, like the All-Star Game sucking and how to fix that, like uh, teams tanking, how to fix that, like players demanding trades, like possibly having a shorter season, you know, since everybody says the wear and tear is too much, but everybody wants a shorter season Nobody wants less money. Right. Aha. That's the... Uh, yeah. We'd love to uh, shorten the season to 70 games. All right. Everybody take a uh, pay cut that is uh, in line with however many less games that is. Owners, players, coaches, nobody actually wants uh, less money, so we're not about to do any of these things. Uh, very interesting little bit of audio that you uncovered, I believe. Uh, well, I heard it on the I Musers, think- and I think this is really important stuff because we've talked about this quite a bit this season, whether it is – see, I think LeBron does a pretty good job of not falling into this category. He seems pretty normal to me. But KD, Kyrie, Westbrook, uh, maybe Harden, who else would you like to put in this category – there are several that sound like they're slowly going insane because of the NBA machine. Like That's they're why not, I love Joel Embiid. Yeah, like they don't... He doesn't seem to be bothered by fans. He's just having fun. They There's a group of NBA players, though, that seem to want to live the... I get to live like LeBron too life, but then when they have to deal with what goes with it, the noise, the questions, the criticism, the whatever... It seems like they slowly sink into depression, and uh, you're even discussing, Dan, you're, you're flirting with mental health issues, and Adam Silver's aware of this, and he addresses it here, and I think he addresses it in such a way that it kind of goes right back to the fact that what we all sort of know intuitively, which is the ability for fans to reach out via your social media, your phone, and basically tell you how much you suck to your face on a pretty regular basis is uh, is not good for anyone to consume at the levels these guys consume. So he's kind of worried about the well-being of some of the most important pieces in his league and, and speaks on it, which often a commissioner might try to speak just privately about this. So I thought it was great. Yeah, he kind of brings it up out of just the question of, hey, issues that are facing the league, what do you think? I think there's a few issues going on. One is a, is a larger societal issue. And I know you have a lot of young people who work for you at the yep. Ringer. Obviously, our, our players are young. We have young people in our office. I, I mean, I think we live a bit in the age of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's I've read studies on this. I think part of it is a direct product of social media. Yes. Um, I, and, and I think those players we're talking about, when I meet with them, what strikes me is that they are truly unhappy. Yeah. This is not some, like, you know, show they're putting on for the media. When you get, you know, when you have relations with a lot of players, when I'm one-on-one with a lot of these guys, you know, I think to the outside world, they see the fame, the money, all the trappings that go with it. They're the best in the world at what they do. 
you know, they, they say, how is it possible? Like, they could even be complaining. And I, you, I hear this on television all the time. A lot of these young men are genuinely unhappy. I mean, some have come from very difficult circumstances. That doesn't help. Right. Some of them are amazingly isolated. And you and I have talked about this. That This goes back to Jordan in the 90s. Right. It's not even the camaraderie that they were accustomed to. I mean, you saw some of the... Um, the trailer or some parts of this film that we have from Michael's last year yeah. on the Bulls. I mean, the camaraderie was incredible. I mean, Michael, like what people didn't see was, I mean, he and, and Phil Jackson, obviously, as, as the coach, deserves enormous credit. But there was like classic team building going on all the time. These guys were a band of brothers, you know, on the buses, on the planes. And, and all the attention only brought them closer. If you're around a team in this day and age, their headphones on, they're isolated and they're head down. Like, as soon as the, it used to be, I remember years ago, Isaiah Thomas said to me, championships are won on the bus. And he meant right. that. And, I, and I disagree. One of the comments from the earlier panelists was, oh, forget those other five guys on the team. Those five guys on the team were critically important, even if they hardly had any minutes. All, you, know, you know, usually they were veteran players. They were leaders who were able to take players aside in a way a coach couldn't, yeah. you know, because they'd lived through it. It was just something that a, a teammate could do that a coach couldn't, or certainly an owner or, or somebody, or an administrator in the team. Now that also speaks to the napalm that you're rolling into your locker room. Can you roll napalm? Probably not. No. I think you'd get burnt, but whatever. But you're introducing explosives into your locker room, of course, when you're trying to engineer trades free and easy of these young kids that don't matter to go get that other alpha that you want to play with you because your agent might be running things. But I'm not just talking about LeBron, but all these guys are trying to move chessboards around or pieces around the chessboard and trying to figure out a way to make them the bell of the ball come July 1st in free agency. And Kyrie's not going to say anything and KD's not going to say anything. And before long, they seem grumpy. They seem depressed. They seem like they don't actually have any teammates that like them or want to be part of their deal. And yeah, they've earned this power, this new power in the NBA where the players are running everything. I don't know necessarily if they know how to control the power so that it's not self-inflicted damage on a lot of the biggest names who really might not be able to handle what they're signing up for without knowing it until it's too late. Does that make any sense? No, that's a great point in this. I never really thought of that before. The The uh, downside to having all this power, to players at least kind of being able to dictate things. They're more powerful than every GM it, in the sport. But didn't it, it used to be then they were all, like from Jordan down to the 12th man, they all didn't like Jerry Reinsdorf, right? Yeah. Because that guy had the power. But now it's middle, upper class the, and, and maybe everyone you else. might have said Jordan had some power to get a coach fired or whatnot. I'm sure he did, but in, in a small way or a large, larger than anyone else way, but small compared to today and LeBron maybe, where LeBron goes and calls Magic Johnson and says, time, it's time now. If he said it's time for Luke Walton to be gone, he'd be gone tomorrow. Or David Blatt or... Mike Brown? Or, uh, or at least you're trying to figure out what LeBron's thinking. But the downside is now that they, if they are making moves, now I'm sitting next to a guy, wait, you're maybe trying behind the scenes to get rid of me? So do but I? But you're saying to my face that you're not? Do I pass it more to you or less to you because you might trade but you, me? Yeah, now I'm, it's not me and you are against management because they all, you know, and that kind of sucks if they end up trading me. 
but dude, he could end up trading me too, or Even whatever. Without it is. the trade, you're signing one year deals. Yeah. So it's not the same as before. I mean, just imagine in our business, right? If you could dictate where you wanted to go every single year, you would have a lot less patience and tolerance for the BS of everyone around you. Absolutely. And that is why. But the trade off is big money. Big money, and you get to have huge the stardom live and where uh, you want to live. Impregnate tons of women across the country. I know they've got KD now, <laughs> and it's somewhat tainted what I think would have otherwise been a sparkling resume. The Warriors should be appreciated because they were an egoless team that seemed like they genuinely wanted to be there, cared about each other, built a dynasty. Now they attracted KD, but they'd already won. Yeah, they all sign up to stay there before they even really get a chance to, with no drama. You get the They're sense a throwback team. You get the sense there will be a team reunion in twenty five years, and it will make sense. What team reunion are you looking for for a lot of these other teams that are only together for eighteen months? It doesn't exist. I guess. I guess what I'm saying is yes. I think it's great that players have more power. I also think. It's damaging to the league, and it's damaging to their own mental health, man. But but like he said, too, this is a societal issue where even you deal with it with your kids, or we talked to Gabe Kapler about... You know the banning on phones, or we talk. You know halftime phones for Doc Rivers. So now you're taking aim at something that they're really into all the time, and now it's an us against them on that. Well, where it's a it societal seems like issue. It should be but, obvious, but, but that gets... the, the headphones during warmups. The uh, do you allow your kids to look at their phone when you have family movie night? No, but that's but now a, they're a, but it's kicking and screaming to the couch. They don't want family movie night. They want to walk around with their beats on. And is it even worth it? Because now they're all upset that right. you. <laughs> but they're upset because mom is playing a game on her phone while the movie's going on. Uh, but I've told the kids. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's a, but now it's a it's a battle. Then it's everything's like a battle. Um. The other thing that I also think yeah the headphones is, in in warmups is really weird. The yeah. arena's already pumping music right. in, but you're walking around with headphones, or you're walking into the arena with your headphones, so nobody can talk to me. The the he just said you're all sitting on the bus in headphones. They used to talk about the some teams of the '70s or '80s, right? The 25 guys, 25 different cabs. This right. is a bad locker room. Yep. Um. I love the product of the NBA basketball, but this is also why I love football. Yeah, because this, you will you're get, right. You will get your head taken off if you are playing for yourself or get someone else's in the NFL no, or the, even in college football. They they, but wear, they built this. They wanted the superstar. I know. I just mean their game is can and be the that game way is conducive. To one it, yeah. guy, yeah. No, but in the NFL, you can get somebody killed. Yes, hundred percent. Football is still, for better or for worse, it still follows a structure that. But Most, it's why the wide receivers hate the quarterbacks? It's Yes. The, the wide receivers see their friends in the NBA and say, how come we have zero power still? How come the coach is still the boss of me? I can't get him fired, and this quarterback is telling me what to do. I, I wish I played basketball. Like I understand the human desire to have less uh, limitations, but I just don't know that it's necessarily healthy for too many grown-ups to have literally nothing uh, regulating their behavior but their own moral code, and then you find out at $50 million a year, eh, who needs a moral code? All right, it's 110. It's a fascinating discussion, man. It really is. It's like we're in the middle of it. Yes. And maybe 100%. in 10 years or so, we'll look back and go, oh, yeah, okay, this is how it played out. Or, Honestly, you know, what they- reminds me of this is that Bryce Harper um, – 
feels like an outlier because he wants stability and security in his life by signing a long deal with no opt-outs, and he's the weirdo. And I wonder if guys will say, you know what, I don't want this drama every year. It's not good for me. It's not good for my family. It's not good for my teammates. Nobody likes me. I'm going to sign a five-year deal with no opt-outs. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm here for five years, you know? Bad radio talk about the Lakers. It's called a road. It's called a rainbow road. Heck yeah. You ever play Rainbow Road, Bob? You know what that is? Is this Mario Kart? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was very good at Rainbow Road. I will admit, you definitely were better than me in Mario Kart. It's a road called Rainbow Road. It's a road we're all gonna go. It's a road called Rainbow Road. We just have these things on hand. Log on to the contest page at theticket.com, Julie, for your chance to win four tickets to semifinals of the 2019 Air Force Reserve Conference USA Basketball Championships presented by Baylor Scott and White Sports Performance Center at the Star. It's March 13th through the 16th. More info and tickets at conferenceusa.com slash hoops at the star. All right. It is time to stop having fun and to start doing, start doing a radio show. Okay. And tops on our list is uh, NBA talk today. We are focusing not really on the Mavs game last night. Although I'm watching that Mavs game, wondering, am I supposed to root for them to lose? It was like uh, very close in the fourth, and then one fifteen, dog. the Wizards uh, pulled away. Yeah, we'll get into that later, man. Okay. I just didn't know if I'm supposed to be... Now, if you want to talk about a non-Lakers game, I would like to point your attention to that extremely odd Sixers-Bulls finish right before the Lakers game started. Were you guys watching that? Uh, wise, no, but, yeah. but I saw they. <laughs> oh my gosh! What happened? Well, the uh, Sixers had like a one point lead, and uh, so uh, who the heck was it uh, that was going off for the Bulls? Uh, Levine. Levine, yeah. Boy, I, I do the same thing with the Maroon Five guy. I can never do Levine Levine with him as well. It's Zach Levine who can jump out of the gym, hit his head on the rim, do all these great things for the Bulls, and he's doing a two man game with uh, Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez, the one with no real offensive talent whatsoever. So on a two-man game, you don't have to worry about him, right? And there's like two seconds, three seconds left in the game. They inbound it, and both guys go with Robin Lopez, (laughs) and they all leave Zach Levine to drive right down the lane and to get the easy basket for the win. And Jimmy Butler looked like he's already turned on his new new teammates because they're all morons just like all the (laughs) – All the morons he had to play with in Minnesota and Chicago. And by the way, if you believe you always have to play with a team full of morons, you might have a you problem. Just going to throw that out there. Well, here we go to LeBron then. (laughs) So, If you've never had a good coach or a good teammate. We're not going to talk about... um, the low light of the night and maybe of the year where... He let the inbounds pass roll all the way to the f- uh, far three-point line and then went to pick it up, but then knocked it out of bounds. Art. <laughs> Pure art. 
I defended the one that sort of worked the time before. There's no defending this one. Right. If you're going to get. Every night there's like a new little thing. <laughs> like uh, where I would think Dennis Smith was a Twitter darling because they would just pick out, you know, one outstanding, amazing dunk, uh, you know, from a 20 point loss and say how great Dennis Smith was. I mean, they are picking out one, at least one every night of some kind of. Uh, LeBron just not playing defense or LeBron just some low light of LeBron in the midst of a statistically great game where they lose by 20. Uh, Last night was the night he actually passed Michael Jordan for all-time points. 32,311 now for LeBron, 32,292 for Jordan. This goes on with uh, LeBron has uh, over 2,000 more rebounds than Jordan. He has uh, 3,000 more assists than Jordan. His field goal percentage was uh, better than Jordan's as well by a sliver. And these are uh, things that the LeBron lobby will tell you uh, is the reason that overall he's better than Jordan. Cool beans. All I want to say is this. Is I'm, and, of course, then you can just say 6-0. Uh, and oh. Finals, I, I, would, I mean, and I, oh. I would have a much more nuanced discussion than that, but I think we should save hide our audience from another version of it if you but unless, unless you want to. All I can say is this, as a uh, huge LeBron fan of course. It uh this hurts my heart watching that highlight if that's the highlight that you know the the bucket where he surpassed Jordan seeing that they were down 55-42 at the time and they're on their way to nowhere. Like LeBron's going to miss not only the finals but the playoffs for the first like for a decade for ten straight years is it nine? He's been in the finals eight, right? Oh, I thought it was nine. I'm sorry. Twenty eleven to twenty eighteen, I believe. It's incredible. We were having the debate in L.A. of whether or not it would be funnier if they got the eight seed and got beat by twenty points four straight games by Golden State, or if this is. Funnier. Well, I don't think this is funny. To me, at least, it's sad. Like, it, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Laker fans make, would think most it's sad funny. stuff is funny. But if he was going, pa- if he was surpassing Jordan for the Cavs and with that crowd there, you know, just I, I don't know. Maybe even for the Heat, it might feel different. But this feels like it just doesn't. I think what you're this articulating is a round peg I, in a square I, 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 I hole. Think, or, I think what you're articulating uh, is all that hole. all that glitters is not gold, and this unreal tractor beam for NBA players that, oh my gosh, I need to get to LA and New York and play for these uh, franchises, these these flagship franchises, I would always ask them, to what end? Because well, New York's a great example. LA has turned into that, right? If you go to New York or LA, what they're going to do is they're going to hold you to the most ridiculous possible standard, even though New York has no business doing it because the Knicks have always sucked. But at least in the case of the Lakers... Yes, you can go out there, and then there will be the implied understanding that you either provide a number of parades, or they're going to look at you like you are not worthy. So what you have in Cleveland is what we call a grateful fan base. What you have in Los Angeles is what we call a spoiled, rotten, entitled fan base. Well, then you're saying he could actually never win there. They, he could win two titles, and he would still... I assume he will never fully oh, win yeah? over the well, Kobe, Kobe Bryant P1. 
Yeah. There's no chance. That's Kobe Bryant's team. He played there his entire career. For better or for worse, whatever we thought of Kobe, he's their Dirk. And, you, and of course, in their Dirk's case, he provided five championships and an 81-point game. And so, yes, you might think it's comical to even compare Kobe to LeBron, but out there, it's no joke. That's their guy. And if the you can show them all the stats you want, and then they're going to say, yeah, that's a cool story. We actually care about this guy. And, we and, don't care about you. In fact, we hated you for the first 15 years of your career. What uh, did you think was going to change when you just put the shirt on? Yeah, I was going to say, I think we t- touched on this last week. Even as, as he, in the early parts of their career, he was the guy being compared with Kobe or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they, they've been defending Kobe against LeBron forever. Right. And, How did you think this was going to go? Even if you go to the Clippers, they're going to say, man, we've never had anything like LeBron. You went right to the Lakers. You went to a place where it's Kobe, it's Magic, and those guys played for the Lakers their whole careers. Like the Heat thing almost made sense that he was going to play with his friends, guys he knew, with a uh, goal in mind of winning a title. And it's with, hard to and, criticize. And, and, and Pat Riley knows what he's doing. And, Pat Riley, he, but he wanted to win. He, and an he, anonymous franchise. But wanting like, to win a Roddy title. Cycli was the biggest name in Heat history before him and Wade started yeah. doing their thing. But wanting to win a title is a very noble uh, reason to jump ship, right? If, you, you if indeed one, you're going to jump ship. You win one in Cleveland. You win one for the Mavericks. We'll remember you forever and build you a statue and doggone that we'll defend you to the death. You win one in L.A., they're going to be like, huh, you got four more in you? That and is it, never going to make sense, and everybody knew it, and everyone said, nah, he doesn't, it's fine. And Well, now everyone changed their opinion. Like everyone, oh, man, this get get a better coach in there for him. We're just going to repeat the Cleveland thing again. You know that, right? I remember at the time thinking, and I thought we were all on the same page, that this means he doesn't really care about winning titles right. anymore. I mean, right. he's basically conceding that the Warriors have broken him. But he clearly does. He must. I think it's real easy to feel that way in the summer. He clearly does what? He, he clearly, clearly does f- care because he he's clearly breaking does down. Care. You can tell me you don't care anymore, and then you try to make all the trades happen, <laughs> and you, you, you brood, and you stomp around, and, and Luke Walton will be fired immediately, and just all this stuff. I mean, come on. He still cares. He can't change his stripes. Did he fall for the charm of Magic Johnson, thinking Magic has any idea on what he's doing? Boy, if so, I hope not. And then they hire... Kobe's former agent to be a GM who's never been a GM before and you're surprised this is failing it's like the most poorly constructed team in the NBA and we all before LeBron though before LeBron they had like Rob Polinka was in place long before uh, LeBron yeah, yeah, right? yeah I think only like a year right but I well, think what I'm saying is LeBron too what he yeah, was yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Jake's saying this is just a big mess right from the get-go yeah they haven't LeBron won like 30 joined, games in five years LeBron joined a big mess and it was kind of sad to see Kobe as uh, ball hogging it and doing whatever he could on the way out as well for the past, you know, the past last like couple just, years of Kobe. But Kobe was there for 20 years. It made sense. Like I, just answer yeah. this. It was as sad as uh, Dirk. You know, if you're saying it's sad to see Dirk come off the bench or do score you two think points in, in your game. in your heart of hearts? Do you think but this is different that Kobe Bryant or Magic Johnson really want to see LeBron succeed? Even though Magic's in the front office with him. Even though it would benefit Magic if this works, do you really think as competitive as these guys all are? And make no mistake, it bothered Michael last night. Even though you can justify whatever, 
these guys don't get to where they are without being the most egotistical people on the planet, and we love them for it. That's what we want to see. We want to see egomaniacs compete until the virtual death of an NBA season and do it again and do it again and do it again. Blood, sweat, tears. We don't even care if you have a vacation. We don't care what happens to you after you retire. We want to see this blood sport because it's fun. I mean, uh, when it boils down to it, it sounds horrible, but it's true. And that's why you don't care if they get $50 million a year or $100 million a year or whatever. But the point to all this is I don't believe anyone in that Lakers family actually wants to see this work because – then they have to cede part of their spot in the pantheon to this guy. He's the enemy. This is Kobe definitely this, loves seeing this. Failure. Kobe loves this. I don't know much about the magic thing, only because they didn't compete head to head. Magic is might but, be far enough removed that he's over himself and that he really does want to see the Lakers. But Kobe succeed. has to hate him. And <laughs> of course he does. How I, he as someone who just wants to see. LeBron be great and and do awesome things and and be in games that I care about. It just makes me very very sad just seeing the way this is going. Well, don't worry, we'll spend the entire summer trying to fix the Lakers. See the Kobe thing; he was on his way down in his career anyway. I feel like LeBron, although maybe not at his prime, is still like an awesome player. He led the league in minutes last year, so he's still very maybe capable. he is at his prime. Maybe you would say you well, know he's only thirty four, right? Yeah, I mean he's not thirty nine. Yeah, so this is why this really sucks because – and how do you think the NBA feels about all this? Well, well, the most revealing thing because, because, uh, uh, because LeBron I know, equals ratings. I know the LeBron lobby Whatever wants want to, to say. say this isn't his fault. He's got a garbage management, garbage coach, garbage roster. I'm the LeBron lobby, and the, I'm not the, saying the, that. Okay, totally. good, good. I'm but saying because the fact is that's part of it their, for sure. Their defense rating has dropped through the floor since he returned. So either he's still hurt, or the fact that. There is video of him just sort of wandering around on defense is actually seen quite clearly in the analytics. You and I, like 15 years ago, had this discussion about Mark Teixeira. And obviously, Mark Teixeira is not LeBron. And whoever the alternate was, whether it was Mike Young or Hank Blaylock at the time or whatever, the point is there is absolute value in resonating with a fan base. And the opposite of that is the new NBA superstar dream of playing in four cities for three years each. And you're going to go here, and then you're going to go here, and then KD's going to go to New York, and then LeBron's going to go to L.A., and then we're going to do this over here and go to Boston. Do you, do you feel like LeBron plays for his fan base, though? Well, that's what I'm saying is I think moments like last night sort of say you may resonate with LeBron fans, but you're not going to resonate with an arena anymore. Like, you're going to have a big moment, and it's going to be crickets, and it's going to be weird. Uh, it just the overall view of this this whole who is his home. You know, with Teixeira, it was he's going to go play in, uh, in Atlanta and then Texas and then uh, Anaheim and then New York or wherever he ended up, whatever his path was. And at the end of his career, no one's going to give a crap. No one's going to say, man, we got to retire Teixeira's number because he never had a home. And <laughs> that's what – it felt pretty soulless last night with LeBron. I wonder if this relates to the old guy talking about Wilt Chamberlain versus Bill Russell or something. Uh, all right, well, we'll continue to follow the story of LeBron. Guilty as charged. Bad Radio plays some old Dan play-by-play audio. Uh, but now we have Jake and a bag full of audio to, uh, I believe, keep with the theme of the day. Right, Jake? Correct. Um, so where did you work right before you worked here, Dan? Uh, W-H-I-O. Baby? 
Dayton, <clears throat> a radio station in Dayton. Was there a mad scramble for those call letters as much as Ohio loves to spell its name? I think it's one of the first stations in Ohio. I don't know. Does any state like spelling its name more than Ohio? Texas, I guess. I don't know. No, you guys don't, don't do it eye. on the field. What yeah. was right before Dayton? Mississippi. Before Ooh. Dayton Ooh, would have true. been uh, WRRO in uh, Warren, Youngston. Okay. And before that would have been WHK in Cleveland. You want me to keep going back? Well, I was just actually looking to see what the year next, this audio was Zanesville from. previous to that. <clears throat> but uh, a couple of years ago... And I've heard Dan talk about this part of his career before, uh, and it's often framed in the, just like you were talking about with Gabe, do everything. Uh, you want to do play-by-play, sell ads. You want to help out and do bits around the station, run the board in the morning, and then stick around. Whatever it is, just do everything you can. So I knew that you had done play-by-play before, but then a few years ago, you let me and you let TC borrow an old piece of technology called an instant replay. And it was basically like the Inco or the OpX, which we Mino plays drops from, before it's time. I don't know how you would describe it, Dan, but it's a it's a console that you can load audio up on and play with a touch. And when you gave that to us, um, it's not like you were real worried about let's clear everything off here because I don't think it's easy to embarrass you. Oh no. And I, <laughs> I also, no, 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 no. I also think this has been played on the show before, but I've been with you guys for almost 10 years now, which I know that even seems weird. That does. Uh, if you combine running the board with producing. And I know it hasn't been played during my time with you. So I'm almost positive that Mino and Julie and several other listeners who have a similar history with uh, the show haven't heard this. And Vrabel. But this is Dan. I believe this from a this is from a Logan Chieftains v Athens Bulldogs football contest. Hundred yards in a game, and that's what Mr. Hanley's done this evening. And that's 163 yards passing for Nick Tote. It'll be interesting to see where Hanley ranks later this week with the area players as far as receptions and yardage. This is so relaxed and so out of the interesting scene where uh, you're talking way faster but still sounding so relaxed. Boy, how old are you there, Dad? It sounds like we have little tiny Dan talking to us. That has to be early 20s for sure. That sounds like if that was Logan playing, they were probably playing Athens. Yes. uh, The Athens Bulldogs. That's a situation that you will probably remember, Bob, but no one else knows how I ended up leaving them. Under very, was it because you said something bad about a player and the dad had bought ads or something? Something like that. Yeah. It was from a very, um, it's Southern Ohio, so Athens was the uh, place where Ohio University is. Okay, but when I first graduated from college, uh, I tried to get a job there at WATH, and uh, they said, "No, you don't have enough experience." just fresh out of college. And I thought that was weird because it's a really small station that just did high school play-by-play and stuff. So I actually went away for a year or two to uh, Marietta and McConnellsville, these other little stations, and I actually did a ton of play-by-play. And then I came back and I told the guy, I might have still had a girlfriend there, slash fiance, uh, at the time. And I wanted to come back and uh, I said, hey, I got this experience now. And they were somewhat impressed by that that I actually came back and then I got a job there and now I'm the play-by-play guy and I sold ads uh and all this kind of stuff and I live with my girlfriend 
And the way it ended was I would go on weekly to the FM morning show, this clown who, I don't know, it's it's why I also got into out of play-by-play radio because I thought if that clown is has a job, I could <laughs> definitely get a job yeah, doing yeah. something. And uh, they would just talk about what's coming up that weekend. And I said uh, they were playing, I think, Trimble, the Trimble Tomcats. And now Southern Ohio is not a great big area in in itself, but Trimble was in this area very depressed, very think of uh, Deliverance and the Kid on the Porch. <laughs> okay. It's very backwoodsy. So. I mean, and they were like a rival. You know, all the local schools were rivals. All right. What did you say? So I what said, did you say? I said, we just, man, we're going to take it to those uh, scummy Trimble Tomcats tonight, and we're going to uh, blah, 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 you know, try to beat them. I was the Athens announcer. Yeah. And uh, ramped it up with scummy. Some mom <laughs> somewhere heard it. You know, it was like those dirty uh, sure, sure, Spurs sure. fans or something. You know, like if you will. whatever. Well, a mom. It was it was the power before social media of one call, one complaint. A mom from that area called the school, and then it got transferred to the station and whatever. And the big. You know, it's, hey, these kids have it tough enough without people coming on the air and making them feel bad and blah, blah, blah. So uh, big meetings. You know, I didn't know. I went back home, went to, took a nap, and came back to work later, and they were like, it, it all blown up. And the school was nuts, and they, they wanted answers, and they wanted – well, the long story of getting short, kind of short, is a smash cut to me suspended for one game publicly – couldn't announce that night's game where I usually would. And pregame, me in locker room. <laughs> to the whole team? Addressing the team and apologizing that. You're not scummy. That I would put them down. and I was and, just uh, kidding about the scum part. <laughs> that's right. I think you guys have all of your teeth. And uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't, I, see I, any I don't think you have a lot here. of sex with your, your family members. <laughs> and, all of your lungs will be fine. Cole, not an but issue. But seriously, it's 23-year-old 20, me apologizing to high school kids, and I'm like, I don't – I mean, somebody's mom called, and I am sorry that she called. Did they fire you anyway? Uh, and then I think I ended up kind of being, uh, yeah, just uh, dismissed afterwards oh, anyway. To make a so guy apologize a, and then fire him is extra yeah. mean. Let's go back to the audio. Yeah, let's get back going. to the audio. Oh, so, yeah, now I'm the announcer for uh, the Athens Bulldogs. Taking on Chi- uh, Logan, I believe. It'll be interesting to see where Hanley ranks later this week with the area players as far as receptions and yardage. It's not that interesting. That but, uh, will be pretty interesting. <laughs> Can't and I'm wait. Going- <laughs> Can't wait till that hits we have the presses. Follow up on that. <laughs> I'm going to guess that Friday, this cut might involve uh, Hakeem Maxwell because I remember this kid was like uh, he was the most amazing running back you've ever seen since Kyler Murray. Okay. First and ten for the Bulldogs. They're on the midfield stripe. Nick Tote drops back to pass. Fires. Right side intended for Grippa, but incomplete. Grippa broke in. The ball was thrown towards an outside break. So a little miscommunication there for the Bulldogs. It'll be second and ten with a minute three to go in the game. Let's go to cut two for I, I mean, think a little. Why are you speeding up this audio? <laughs> They'll have to start deep in their territory with Logan having the ball. Chieftains have Eric Cox split out wide to the left. They're in an eye formation, and the give is to their star running back, John Cosgrove, right side, breaks a couple of tackles, and he's gone. 
a 30-yard touchdown scamper on the first play from scrimmage for the Chieftains. And Logan Lee's Athens 6 to nothing. We don't even need, even need to go over their starting lineup on offense just yet. So we'll do that on their second series. But the first play from scrimmage for the Chieftains results in a touchdown. And John Cosgrove is the guy that the Bulldogs are going to have to watch. A very dangerous runner. Pretty good, I'm not going to lie. A scamper. I'm not even being sarcastic. You were obviously very good at this and cared about it. So much so that you were, as you said, selling ads. And I believe that's how you became familiar with the fine folks at Bedrock Rentals. (laughs) 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 Who are featured heavily in our final cut. All right, give it to me. We can stop and start as you'd like. Just about 3.50 to go in the ballgame now. A fumble on the exchange. And falling on his own fumble, Bill McDaniel, but he'll lose about two yards on the play, so it'll bring up a second down and 12. I want to remind you folks, if you're not going to go to the big Athens Halloween party as an Athens Bulldog, well, you might want to go as Beavis and Butthead. It's the newest rage, and uh, Cindy Bird, Brent Hayes, uh, Brent Hayes, the owner of Bedrock Rentals. Cindy Bird, I talked to her today. She runs that place, said... Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, wait. D- Dan has some late-breaking information that he wants to bring us up to speed with. Rage. Now, if you don't want to go as an Athens Bulldog... Bulldog uh, it sounds like you... That's the hot thing that all the kids are going all as. All the is kids are Athens Beavis Bulldog. and Butthead. It sounds like you're just learning about Beavis and Butthead, by the way. Like, uh, it's on the page, and you're this like... It has to be 93? Pat Summerall reading Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> right. reads or something. Yeah, let's go back to his conversation with Cindy over at Bedrock. Okay. Uh, Cindy Bird, Brent Hayes. Uh, Brent Hayes, the owner of Bedrock Rentals. Cindy Bird, I talked to her today. She runs that place, said she doesn't even watch MTV, doesn't know who Beavis and Butthead are, but there have been so many requests for the things that they've got a few of those masks in at Be- Bedrock Rentals. So go reserve yours today. They've also got some ex-president masks, as well as costumes of convicts, nuns, uh, cows, the old toilet on the head bit, and uh, all your Halloween party supplies. That can be found at Bedrock Rentals, located on West Union <laughs> Avenue. And if you stop by there, make sure you tell Cindy or Brent that uh, you heard their ad and you're happy that they are helping sponsor Athens Bulldog football on radio here in 1993. <laughs> I stand by that. I stand by believing in the, the power of radio. And, call uh, to action. That advertising works. I just want to... The old uh, toilet on the head. (laughs) Do you guys have any more of the toilets on the head costumes that I've been looking for? Uh, I guess I'll just have to reserve a Beavis instead. (laughs) (laughs) Can you play the start of that cut? Man, if there was a point break reference, that would have been great. Boy, I I like your initial... Not positive if it's actually called Beavis and Butthead right here. Let's see. uh, Well, you might want to go as... Beavis and Butthead. It's the newest rage. And, uh, Cindy Bird, Brent Hayes. It's the it's newest the rage. rage. It's 93, not 1923. <laughs> Boy, that audio does. The Beavis and Butthead, Mike Judge is the same. All the kids just can't stop talking about Beavis and Butthead. You know, Cindy hasn't even heard of Beavis and Butthead, but she doesn't does know. M- doesn't that- watch MTV a lick. But, so uh, for all your <laughs> Halloween rental needs. <laughs> There you go. Wow. That's <laughs> Happy awesome. Birthday. Happy birthday indeed. Bad Radio Talks with Dan's birthday guest, Gabe Kapler. Mino, can you punch up our birthday guest? We have a birthday guest, a very special birthday luminary who is with us, and we will not identify him 
because that's the birthday tradition. Or her. Or her. So, Dan, you are allowed to welcome the birthday guest, and then you are to figure out who the birthday guest is in as excruciating amount of time as possible. Uh, good afternoon, birthday guest. Hello. Good afternoon, Dan. Uh, so, how's it going? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Oh. Yes or no questions. Oh, I'm yes sorry. Or no? Yes or no questions from here on out. Yes. Okay. How, how, are we, how are we explaining the rules to Dan right now? Seriously. I don't know. Is this Gabe Kapler? <laughs> Jeez. It's the, it's the worst, worst birthday game, but the best. best birthday guests we've ever had. This is great. Uh, sing me the uh, Yo Malero. Uh, how's that go? Wait, what? I don't understand. Like, I, I, I had the rules explained to me very explicitly, and the rules were you were going to ask yes or no questions. Well, I asked, and, is this Gabe Kapler? <laughs> yeah, and, then, and, and then you completely blew past the rules and ruined the game. Well, you're uh, a great friend of ours who I've talked to a hundred times a, in my life. With uh, an incredibly distinctive voice. Yeah. I've, who cannot I've, make prank calls, no doubt, Gabe, correct? And it's not like I haven't heard your voice in many years. I'm uh, watching you on a weekly basis um, put out left fires left and right with the Philadelphia Phillies media and Howard Eskin and... Blah blah blah. How you doing, man? I, I'm doing well. I just wanna, I just wanna vouch for Jake here because he he led into this perfectly. He said yes or no questions, like don't give him too much information. And so, well, first of all, happy birthday, Dan. I mean, you're 50 years old. That's crazy. I remember you as a young man, right? Like that's how I think about you. And yeah. That's what happens when when 20 years goes by. But holy smokes, man, you're old. But I'm I'm really happy to get to talk to you. It's been so long. It's been too long. It's been way too long. Um, I'm glad we finally hooked up, and I <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that it took my birthday to finally do it. Do you know how hard it is for a major league manager to make time in middays during spring training? This is a uh, complete act of the Grapefruit League. Well, I believe Gabe though is power. in in put his feet up mode. He's got uh, Bryce Harper. You got all the big free agents <laughs> this year. It's uh it's going to be so easy this year, right? <laughs> You won't have to do exactly. anything. This is going to be a piece of cake. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, uh, yeah, and, and the cool thing is, though, that we did have a, an off day today. So I was trying to think about the different ways I could spend it, like maybe go into Tampa and have a nice meal. I'm like, you know what I should probably do is call Dan. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no pressure, no expectations on you this year, that's for sure. Boy. Um, but but yeah, I, I didn't want to do the question back and forth game because then I'd be ridiculed by my friends for like, how did you not know Gabe Kapler's voice? Okay. Okay, that's fair. Like the second you said uh, hello. Well, because um, you got it so quickly, now you can just soak in the the joy of having Gabe Kapler on the phone. In fact, Gabe, I've been recently digitizing all of our old shows. Um, really? Back from uh, the year 2000, 2001, whatever. And, uh, you know, with you... You interviewing, uh, who was the guy that didn't believe that the moon existed or whatever? Who was that? Uh, Carl Everett. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you're referring to Carl. And, you know, <laughs> Carl, was, Carl was awesome, by the way. I thought, I thought he was, he, he kind of got a bad rap at the time. He's a great person, and I really enjoyed him as a teammate. Um, but, obviously, guys like Rusty Greer, Bill Hasselman, Frank Catalanato, um, those are the kind of guys that, that I remember from my time. It's like Michael Young, obviously. Yeah. One of 
Okay. And you know, I think Mike. I think you guys have had Michael on the show from time to time. And oh yeah, I mean it, those those Rangers years were years that I that I really enjoyed and miss talking to you guys on a weekly basis. In fact, you had an exclusive with John Rocker on our show and Carl Everett. You had a couple exclusives. You were quite a reporter in your day, Gabe. I, I was learning from you guys about how to how to ask the right questions to get the information that was the most interesting. But what I recognized at the time was my favorite people to talk to were the guys that were right next door to me. Um, and when I say right next door, I mean in the lockers next to me. And like I said, I mentioned some great people and some guys have gone on to do some really cool things like Rick Helling with the Players Association. It's, it, was, uh, it was a good group of guys. Yeah, no doubt. Who who did you used to play hide the golf ball with on the plane? Uh, no, that wasn't that wasn't uh, that wasn't one of my teammates at the time. That was Robert Fick. Robert was okay. Robert also, yeah, he was he was my one of my teammates back in in Detroit, and yeah, we used to we used to fight and and do our 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 fun little. You know, fun little games. It was well, and, and to be fair, it was get the golf ball, not hide the golf ball, Dan. You get that wrong just about every time. And, and yeah. didn't Dan Dan, Dan <laughs> likes Dan likes to make up his own history. Um, he's 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 famous for that. But I mean, look, like those 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 Rangers teams were interesting. What's going on with the Rangers these days? Uh, who knows? So uh, didn't you? <laughs> Didn't you though? You, as I recall, in your early days, Gabe, you really enjoyed playing with Mike Sweeney. Mike was a stud. He was a, he was a great member of the the Kansas City Royals, one of the better one of the better hitters in baseball at the time. Never had a chance to play with him, but certainly had a chance to play against him and and admire him from across the field. Um, There's a lot of great players at the time. Like those were those were some great days. I mean, our our players on the Rangers were some real some real studs, real real good baseball players. How are the how are the stars doing these days? The Mavericks, what's going on in that world? I think you told you had pulled me aside many years ago and told me you dreamed of playing with Mike Sweeney. That that was the thing. Yeah, he's being very nice taking up his time here right now. I know. And uh, Yeah, but he's the one that did the Mike Sweeney joke to right me. Now, Ga- and he doesn't remember it now. Right but now he's Gabe the one who is thinking that on me. Dan, come on! Of course, of course <laughs> how, how, how good of a player Mike Sweeney was. He was right. He was, he, he was exceptional. <laughs> you're you're now a big league manager, and you got to watch your tongue. Talk to me about Chris Woodward. That 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 is a great individual. A guy that uh, that I really admired with the Dodgers. A guy that I think is going to be a great addition to the city of Dallas and a person that I really respect. How's he doing? How's uh, Bryce Harper doing? I heard he's looking forward to bringing a title to D.C. <laughs> uh, Bryce Harper's doing great. Had an opportunity to <laughs> take his first, batting, his first batting practice so far this camp uh, today. Actually, he took his first batting practice yesterday, and then today he, he was awesome out there on the field today. So things are going really good in Philly's camp. Dude, I'm so – I'm really, seriously, and I think Bob's probably the same way, just so excited and I don't know if it's proud of you. Like, uh, we're Absolutely. not your parent or anything, but uh, just as a friend, it's it's just so awesome to see. Uh, and you're a great example for, like, if I'm telling my kids, you know, just do a ton of stuff. Do what – who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Because I really didn't know if you would end up being a bit guy on the radio or if you would end up being a uh, – 
a major league scout or on the MLB network or, yeah, or writing a, for baseball uh, perspective, color commentator or yeah, a fitness guru. I, I don't know. You, you, I feel like you have just thrown your, uh, you have a passion for a million things and, and look where you have ended up. It's, it's actually incredible to look at your resume. I I'm so grateful. Honestly, I, I loved the work that we did on our radio show every day. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we struck a really healthy balance between hard work and preparation and getting ready for those shows, but then also just joking around and having a great, great time. You guys are hysterical, and I really enjoyed my time with you guys. Is it more than Angelo? And Angelo is awesome as well. He, okay. he, he, works, he works his tail off, and uh, one, of the things, one of the things that I've learned about in Philadelphia is that it's it's actually really helpful when I when I get on the radio with Angelo to to give it back to him a little bit. Yeah, you know, he 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 appreciates a good healthy back and forth and a and a really good conversation. And I've come to appreciate the work he does. Like one of the things that I've learned about media in Philadelphia is they have a job to do. Uh, they're trying to entertain and they're trying to educate. And I can be a part of that. Yeah, no doubt. This is Gabe Kapler, the manager of the Phillies and the guest on the Dan Birthday Show. Uh, can I ask you a serious question, Gabe, uh, just uh, off the path a little bit? Uh, I hope you don't mind me uh, interrupting uh, birthday time. Is your house okay in Malibu? Oh, that's, I, I really appreciate it. Um, well, the house, the house was, is gone, and we lost the house in the fire. Oh. But I really, really used it as an opportunity to shine the light on some people who were less fortunate. And, you know... I, one of the things that I learned is if we look out for other people, we, we have, we have better teams and, and have been able to apply those lessons in the clubhouse. And my, my boys were fine and healthy. Uh, Lisa was fine and healthy. And all of those things were the most important things to me. And once I knew that they were healthy, I wasn't as concerned about kind of the lost possessions really important to me to look out for the community as well. So I spent a lot of time thinking about it how I could help people kind of rebuild their lives. And it was really valuable. I, I learned a lot from that experience. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a rough month or two. Things are, things are good now. How's Malibu in general doing? So I went back for Thanksgiving. And when I went back to Malibu, I kind of drove all the neighborhoods. And there are some, some houses that were demolished by the fire. And there are houses that were standing very close to those houses that – that made it through. And I thought it was really interesting to see the kind of destruction that a fire and, and the damage that a fire does. It really jumps over things and, and kind of picks and chooses where it does, it does its damage. So I guess some people in Malibu were, were deeply affected by the fires and others made it through just fine. But you lost your whole house, huh? Yeah, um, I did, and it was it, the only thing that was left on the property was a steel staircase that uh, kind of reminded us of, of the upstairs bedroom that had a really kind of cool view. It was a small house; it was only like sixteen hundred square feet, but so it's a beautiful property. And I think the most important thing is that the property is still there, and uh, we'll have an opportunity to rebuild on it at some point. We're we're in good shape. Now that's not the one we were at, is it, Malibu? I thought I thought you were like. Renting it from some former drummer or something like that. So you're thinking about the house in Tarzana, um, and that was a house that you guys came out and, and hung out at, and that was, yeah, we rented it from 
we were renting it to a former rocker, but um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, remember this this spans what? Yeah, like eight, eighteen years, right? So, yeah, um, long time ago. Really good to circle back, and much much more interested in how you guys are doing. <laughs> what, okay. what, what's new? What's new in your world? So. Uh... I'm interested in in uh, matching up our kids' uh, ages and stuff, and maybe even um, maybe getting a marriage going here. Uh, oh wow! Okay, because I have a 16 year old and a 14 year old girl. Do you have anything close to that? I have a 19 year old and I I have a 17 year old 17 year old boys. Dane and uh, Chase. Old, Dane and Chase. My older my older son is with me in Philly right. Or excuse me, in Philly in Clearwater right now, and he is. Um, He's just doing a great job. He's he's thinking about taking some internships here and there. Um, he's he's a, a really interesting individual. Holds the conversation great. And my younger son is is entering his he's about to enter his senior year in high school football. So finishing up his junior year and. Uh, my boys are doing well. How, how are your kids, Dan? They're fine, except that they don't listen to me. Uh, they, I'm trying to teach them to eat broccoli and uh, salmon or just healthy, and you can probably uh, – how, how, how does Gabe Kapler do it? There's no way that they're not paying attention to Gabe Kapler, right? How does Dan McDowell do it? I'm, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> they, they look at me, and they look at my dumpy body and say, I'll, I'll, I'll go my own way. I'll eat hot, hot Cheetos. Takis. I'll, I'll tell you what. My – my the advice that I give my sons is all of us are not created the same way. We don't all have the same chemistry, and so therefore, like different foods are going to react differently for different people. Don't try to push my my dietary habits on them. Don't try to look at, at what the the fad diet is and, and give them that advice. I say, eat what makes you feel good. Um, and I think more times than not, if you take that approach things work out the way they should what uh along those same lines my kids uh really really love their phones and as i imagine as a major league manager you're dealing with technology like never before how do you tackle technology both with your kids and with uh the the relative uh, similar ages of guys you are actually in charge of now i i think the way i approach that bob is is just by leading with some empathy and some understanding I think that 19, 20, 21, 25-year-olds are constantly being told, you should do it more like we did it, right? Like, we didn't, we didn't text across the clubhouse. We weren't sending DMs. It wasn't how we communicated. We did everything face-to-face. So the way I approach that is my way of communicating is not better than your way of communicating. And I share that with our players. I share it with our, my, my sons. They develop strong bonds through their communication on social media. They develop strong bonds through their communication via text message. I love an in-person conversation. I love to sit down and have a long, drawn-out conversation over a meal. But that doesn't mean that's the best way to, to have a conversation. So just leading with understanding and empathy. Like, your way is not the wrong way. And as long as you're developing good, healthy relationships, I encourage that. Love it. So is there some kind of a... There has to be like a phone ban at some points, though, right? That you can't mess with your phone. I don't understand. Like, uh, obviously, during a game, you can't be playing on your phone, right? I think so, and I think it's really important to to stress boundaries in those those sort of situations. 
hey, look, like, you know, if your, your teammates are probably not going to take kindly to walking up into the clubhouse to get a drink or something like that, and, and you're sitting in the clubhouse on your phone. I mean, our guys know that that's not acceptable. So it's, it's one of those things that definitely there's, there's a line somewhere. But Bob asked a question about, like, the kind of counsel that I'd give my sons and yeah. similar kind of counsel that I would give our players. Listen, man, I can't tell you how much it means to us that you made time for this. And uh, as Dan said, I would uh, echo just how proud we are of, uh, of your exploits. Uh, keep it going. And uh, we're, we will be watching carefully your Phillies this year and uh, hope you wreck the National League. I always love talking to you guys and I look forward to our next one. Dan, like, let's, next, time, next time, your next birthday, let's get some new material. How about, how about some, like, some new funny jokes. Let's make our own jokes. What do you think? Why should I start now? He's right. That's true. Good point. 20, <laughs> point. 20 years of the Great same point. four jokes has, has worked well for me. So, Gabe, we love you. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks so much. Love you guys, too. Talk to you later. That is Gabe Kapler, the manager of nice. the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, bad radio reports. Okay, let's do some reports. Today, it's about the Momo Challenge. <laughs> it's a funny, uh, funny report name so far. We're off to a good start. Let's just start you out with an email I got from our local school district just two days ago, which says, Dear Carol ISD Families. Oh, we're not doing dragon families? You got in their head. In the last few days, there's been significant national media coverage about a disturbing internet challenge known as the Momo Challenge. CISD has received a number of calls from parents after seeing or hearing about Momo Challenge posts on social media. Please know that we have not had any instances of this happening at our school or on school devices. Although this appears to be more fear than fact, and most trusted sources are calling it a hoax, Due to the concerns related to this challenge, we are sharing this information with you as you may want to talk with your child. Allegedly, Momo targets young children through various online apps, for example, YouTube, Minecraft, WhatsApp, and encourages them to complete a series of increasingly bizarre and dangerous tasks from watching a horror movie to engaging in self-harm to taking their own lives. According to national news reports, children as young as six years old have heard of the Momo Challenge, which is similar to Slenderman and the Blue Whale Challenges of years past. I think we've done reports on Slenderman, haven't we? We encourage parents to have in, in, intentional conversations with them about what they encounter online and their personal devices. Please consider age appropriateness and exposure from older siblings or friends. Let them know that they, if they see scary things pop up on phones, tablets, or computers, they should reach out to a parent, teacher, school counselor, or principal. Remind them to block unknown numbers, asking them to play. Students should have an expectation that you will be monitoring their photos, conversations, and social media. And they uh, then add four links and say the following resources may be helpful in in uh, helping our young learners navigate the Internet as well as tools for parents in a digital age. And they have, uh, like I said, four different links. Uh, one is teaching kids about Internet safety. One is uh, protecting kids online. Uh, anyway, this is uh, signed the CSHS counselors. And from what I understand, this is not uh, limited to 
my little uh, area of Pleasantville that I live, that these type of emails are going out across the state and country. Just letting parents know, hey, we think this is totally fake, but uh, watch out for the Momo Challenge. And that is what today's uh, report is about. It's about something that is absolutely, totally fake, yet it has gotten such incredible legs that it has uh, news coverage, it has schools. Uh, I don't know if people are just covering themselves. I, I don't I don't know what for. Like, if, if you have established this is totally fake, but the, it, it, I guess if schools are getting... Phone calls, and I don't know if that means two or two dozen, right? I don't know. I'm not behind the scenes there. Uh, Here, let me play you a little bit of audio, too. This is just uh, one clip from many clips that are available out there, but Jake found this one. It's from a uh, North Carolina uh, news station. Just uh, here's 30 seconds or so from them, and it might illustrate a lot of what we're talking about. Bessemer City mom Nikki Lanier is worried about her seven-year-old daughter. She went to go to bed last night. She was actually scared. She says the Momo Challenge hasn't popped up on her daughter's phone, but it was the talk of Wednesday night's church group. If you see it pop up, tell her door. As for Jessica Whitley, a mom of five boys in Rock Hill, she says they didn't hear about it until she asked. They want my 16-year-old. I brought it up to him, and the first thing, you know, he said he didn't know about it. None of them do. Uh, and then I mentioned this to my kid yesterday because that's where I go for all teenager thoughts, my own uh, living room. And she's like, looked up from her iPad or whatever she was doing and looked at me with uh, contempt and disgust and is like, that thing from last year? Oh, really? She's like, that was last year. This is a thing again now? And I'm like, well, well yeah. And I showed her the email and she scoffed at it. Where she shut you down. Uh, so I, it's like when, yeah, you're, you're telling someone how you want to review this movie. Oh yeah. as that last year, bro? So explain to me what the Momo challenge is and what is this weird well, face first, that shows up when I search Momo? It's the worst face ever. It is the worst face. That face is just apparently something that somebody had attached to this and it has nothing to do with anything. It's, it's, it's just a statue made by a Japanese artist for an art installation it's supposed to look creepy it was posted on the internet four or five years ago as a, as a like a sculpture so that's momo but that Momo's is fake. not momo it's not called momo but somebody who <laughs> invented the uh momo fake story attached that picture to it okay and what it was or i guess the way it kind of started is in Argentina, this is now in July 2018, the Buenos Aires Times okay. reported that police were investigating if, not that it, they were saying it was, but they were investigating if the WhatsApp Momo game was involved in a suicide of a 12-year-old girl in Argentina. Um... Fox News reported on that, referred to WhatsApp as having a Momo suicide challenge on it, 
They compared that to the Blue Whale Challenge, which apparently is another thing like this that's absolutely fake. That didn't actually happen. What is the Momo Challenge? I think so. The Momo challenge that doesn't really exist, that was rumored to have existed, is this creepy face yeah. popping up on little kids' YouTube channels or the YouTube kids' channel, which is supposed to have only kids' stuff on it, so they can't get any of the creepy stuff. Okay. So apparently, this fake Momo that doesn't exist was fake popping up on their, on whatever they were watching and telling them to go do things like, you know, grab something that could danger them now what you are doing i know what you are doing though is explaining something that's not that doesn't exist the momo challenge is not something it does not exist okay she's explaining right there what people are saying the momo but there is no challenge right there are no images spliced into kids okay the the, the whole point you've been very clear uh, on this but it's difficult to understand a reports about something where we Right, but now we have. But now, even but I mean, that's the explanation that Julie's given. Uh huh. The schools are giving that explanation, but it's not a thing. It's not actually something that does exist. Okay, but but it started. Can can we agree that Slenderman also did not exist? But we could at least explain what the uh, imagination suggested was. It's exactly the same. Right. They both started on the creepy pasta, which is like a subreddit where people just upload. Urban legends and people. I think the original one was, "Hey, if you see this, this this person can tell you to do things, just like Slenderman." Yeah. The fake part is that people are saying that it's being forced into Peppa Pig and yes. other kids' videos, and that has literally never happened. And if it, it did happen, and would, I was saying this to my my wife and kid yesterday, we were talking about this. You know how things in this world go viral for all sorts of reasons, Bob. I've, I've heard, yeah. If there was a an actual cartoon with this spliced in saying "kill yourself" or whatever, you know how fast you would have seen that. You know how many reports would have screenshotted that. Absolutely, there's not one that exists. That's the thing. And YouTube did an investigation and said there's not one because YouTube's getting a lot of heat for a lot of stuff. And, and they're even now demonetizing anything that even has a report about this. Yeah. And like so, even if your news station puts up a thirty-second clip talking about the Momo challenge, they will not allow you to put ads on it. Well, good because every one of those news stories is people saying parents are worried about this, but the news stories can't show you a video of any of the things that you're supposed to be worried about. Right after this bad radio reports, nobody in the world should ever talk about it ever again. So you're because people just talking about it, then that gets in the minds of the kids and right. then all of a sudden they're no, hearing about this creepy thing. It gets and in the minds of the parents. Right. Or Most the kids child if they fear. Hear it, yeah. But your kid's not watching the ten o'clock news though. Well, it's if they're parents hearing gassing parents up. Right. And my kid it. blew me off yesterday when I said, What what about this Momo thing? She said the thing from last year? Like she's she was surprised that it's in the news again now. And didn't know it was until I told her that her school She's just sent me She's old enough a- to know better. Like, I worry about the little kids that are hearing about people just talking about this thing that never even existed. And then saying, like, well, what's suicide, Mom? What are these people talking about? I mean, couldn't you just get that on any news story, though? Like, if your kids are watching the news, then... But it's something that was fake targeted to them in the exact apps that they're always watching. That's what's scary to me. It's not real. Yeah, I, I guess it's I guess it's it. just part of the social media now though that things do go viral and it doesn't really matter if they're real or fake at first because 
the word spreading. Yes, if they're sending letters like that <laughs> home from a school district. Well, and so and then no doubt if they're actually addressing it with a letter, that means half the parents and let's say a, a tenth or a quarter of the teachers actually believe there is something to it probably because they don't know. They're busy teaching. Yeah, but doesn't it start with like two parents? I don't and know. Then, I don't know. You know, I, you've been in this world for long enough too. You, you can it. you can get one complaint would cause people in management to think it's a big, big, big deal, and it's not. The point oh one percent of people listening, like I, that's why I wonder: was it two parents that called asking about it? Was it twenty parents that called asking about it? I don't know how many. Well, Parents asking about it sounds something, like if this is a news email. story in every market, and if school districts all over America are addressing it, it's way more than a couple parents. So, how did this become big again? If uh, your daughter is asking you that, I thought this was a thing last year. Um, and by the way, so that Argentina story is where it all started. Police never did; they just said they were looking into it. There was never a confirmed link. Between anything on WhatsApp and any kind of a Momo challenge. they they It was all just a news report that started that way back when. So now in 2019, apparently this caught fire again in the United Kingdom. And a school um, issued like a, a tweet or something on social media that said, we are aware that some nasty challenges... Uh, Momo Challenge are hacking into children's programs, uh, appearing midway through kids' YouTube's uh, videos, Fortnite, Peppa Pig, to avoid detection by adults. Please be vigilant with your child. Images are very disturbing. That was the uh, that's how it all started. Well, then uh, somebody named on Twitter named Wanda Maximoff. Uh, put out a warning please read this is real like just a totally fake thing about the momo challenge instructing kids to kill themselves pretty much saying what julie said i was gonna say that's how the internet works now right is the, and it said inform uh it was you, all over my mom groups and stuff like well that. i'm saying even if you hear something's fake then there are bored people that now want to bring it to life right kim kardashian heard about it and uh put on her instagram which she has 129 million followers she put on her Instagram that she that people should pressure YouTube to take down these videos, the videos that don't even exist. Yes. But is it okay? Your mom group. So does then, no national one stop and say Google is blank real. Local, I do that no. fifty times a day. Local and national news outlets pick scary, that up, and they feel like they have to let every other mom in the world know about it. Yeah. Before then that you're face the problem, right? <laughs> well, I know, but we can't change everybody in the world or these moms that are worried about every we little. We can't thing. make moms stop being moms, Jake. We can blame them. Yeah. And it says that here lost. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was reading a good article on how the uh, the the local news media is to blame as well. Certainly. Uh, for everything. But lost in any of the local or national news coverage were any examples of the authenticated versions of the Momo Challenge, including a screenshot of threatening messages or conform videos promoting violence. Not one. You can find screenshots which say, inform everyone you can about this. You can find screenshots that say, you know, this thing is real. But you can't find any, anything, not one, not five seconds of anything anywhere telling a kid to do anything. 
And that's just, this is the world we live in, and it drives me crazy. It's driving Jake crazy, but I don't know. I feel like if you grew up on the internet, you know immediately to Google, is this real? And then look at what are these websites? Do they look credible or legit? I understand maybe people who are 20 years older maybe don't, but... It's. So, I feel like it's very easy to tell if something on the internet is real or not. And it's stuff we don't really know. We don't know Snapchat, right? So it kind of scares you, and you're not sure what's going on on there. And then you hear this might be going on on there, and then you warn your kid that this could be going on. And if it does go on, you tell me about it going on. And Now explain the Tony Momo part. <laughs> well, his name is Romo, and that rhymes with... Uh, with Momo. And I believe Dan said the Tony Momo challenge was to stop throwing late game red zone interceptions. <laughs> or was that more of an off air? No, he's not real, right? Sports. <laughs> or is he real? Well, you could argue whether or not he threw that many late game uh, red zone interceptions. Uh, many would tell you he's led more comeback wins than anyone else. They're not on the internet. There's uh, today's reports. Now, are you cool? You ready to I go mean, home and talk to your kid about Momo? I'll definitely go home and ask them what they know about Momo and then try to scare them so they can't sleep tonight. Yeah. yeah. Finally, Friday phone scan. Now, Friday around here is Hawaiian shirt day. See the uh, Patriots made a trade, Dan? So you can go ahead and wear your Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Uh. Who'd they get? A.B. for a uh, conditional seventh? Sounds about right. They got A.B.? No. Oh. Michael Bennett. Whoa. Is now a Patriot. For the cost of a fifth. And as Chaz pointed out, I'd like to see him burn that flag in front of Bill Belichick. (laughs) See what happens then. He ain't going to be stomping around like a madman like old Pete Carroll was with his... 9-11 9-11 conspiracies. So did they see Michael Bennett in the background of the Marty B videos imploring Belichick and Gronk to come back and get him, get the band back together? And they were confused. They, on Witten. They thought they were getting Martellus, and they actually got Michael from uh, the yeah, Eagles? Is that on, what you're asking? On Witten come out of retirement day, Martellus was putting out videos asking, uh, asking Bill to come get him. But my, I believe Michael Bennett was in the background of that video, as he is in the in every Marty B video, right? Boy, if there's one thing we know, when NFL players make videos, there's people in the background. Like, they're never in an empty house making videos. We need to have a show meeting. On-air show meeting. Oh, no. What happened? What's wrong with you? I just, this, this can't be good. Why the posture? Why the poor posture? Uh, this is like a family meeting and stuff. Do your kids uh, get a poor posture when you say, let's all, come on, got to meet meet in the living room. Let's talk this out. After the whole Shane thing, yeah. <laughs> so. Family meeting. Oh, dear. So uh, the subject of phone calls on the show, mm. they're a touchy subject. It's something that if I run into P1s who have been listening to the ticket since day one, First and, time, long uh, time. That means you're an old, and you were around like 25 years ago. Then uh, you'll hear stories, oh, man, the Musers and Hardline, they used to take tons of calls every day, all day. And that has regressed into, I mean, it used to be like Cowboy Monday, we'd then take a lot of phone calls, and phone calls have been a thing that now is kind of reserved for the e-break. 
and vaginal size more and more. Nine fifteen on Mondays and Fridays. Cowboys post game. Just very, it's very limited nowadays. Bullshit, Norm. And we we <laughs> think away from our roots. Our we roots. think our roots were in like sports talk radio early days was too reliant on phone calls. I think Irv and Joe were may he rest in peace. Uh, too reliant on phone calls. Just the don't hand it over to somebody to do your whole show for you, right? Why aren't they employed? Right. Uh, they're employing you to uh, do something on the air. But we have always thought we shouldn't totally disregard it. We want to take any resource available to us and use it to the right to the right level. So if you have a resource of an NBA locker room next to you or if you got uh you know this person if you got a guy who works for an NFL guy uh, off the air and and can bring some of that stuff to your show like whatever you can pull from let's bring it together into Many the show. Many resources one purpose. So you know, if you want to work some phone calls in, why not a phone scan? Why not Friday at 2.30? Right? Sure. I'm for it. You're for it. And I think that as far as uh, on our show, we stand alone as being for it. I don't know if Julie has formed an opinion just yet. She hasn't been around as long. But I'm pretty sure that room that houses Jake and Mino are both very against it, taking phone calls. Will you stand with me, David? <laughs> we get good calls sometimes. <laughs> well, you're not going to get a 100% guarantee. I feel like we're closer to... We, got, would, we uh, would not be able to s- stick around in the major leagues with our batting average. It's And it's the last segment we do after we just have this just destroying all week. <laughs> so if you were the Jerry just, Jones of the show, you would... You would lay down your veto. If you're president of the show, you would veto when we say, let's do Friday uh, phone scan. Yes, I let's would. Let's take some calls. I would vote to never do that segment again. And I, and I, you know, the thing is, is I know the P1 agrees. Well, I'd like to take some I'm calls really just, to the, find out. The yeah. caller agrees that we should not take callers? Yeah, they know. There's nothing callers and P1s hate more than listening to other P1s. I, we certainly have a proposal for how, nothing. We, can, how we can address this. Nothing they hate more. What are your uh, callers saying about this? Well, we want to take some calls now at 888-787-1310. On the topic of calls? Boy, this is great. On the topic of calls. This is like Inception. But when Jake... It, when it already won. Jake Dan does have an idea. Before he already won. Jake does have an idea. They're and totally different movies. Hold on. Totally <laughs> hold on. He thinks it is... Uh, he has a brilliant idea, which... Have you ever known Jake to think he doesn't have a an idea with that adjective in front of it? I uh, so he, support his catalog. He thinks he has a brilliant idea that that would help us help our show use the resource that we want, uh-huh. which is the uh, the P one the the caller, yet also solve your problem with what you have with Fridays. And here's Jake to present his idea. So I love the crow line. I love putting it together. I think that that's where our listeners really shine because the half of them that leave uh, a bag of nothing, I can just delete them. <laughs> So what I would like to do and propose is that at this time every Friday, we have a crow line of sorts that is a montage of your comments throughout the week. I would like to have audio Twitter. So if you think that something I say sucks, or of course something that Bob says is 100% correct, uh, leave that on the crow line. We'll just use the crow line every week. Send your jokes there. Send your impressions there. And we will put it together and we'll play it 
Just like we do the crow line during football season. So if we're talking LeBron or whatever and somebody's pissed about that or maybe uh, alleging – Maybe one of us thinks Romo still had a couple years in him, and uh, Bob says, or I mean, one of us says uh, there's no way he's so injury prone, or uh, or maybe we're doing a story about Crane Guy, and you want to call in with 15 seconds pretending to be Crane Guy right before he fell out of the crane, <laughs> and wow. then you, you can, can then judge whether or not it's funny enough to make the montage. Right. So, so from this, the crow line popped hard this year. Let's all admit it, it did. It no, was it was very a good. big year for the crow line. Bath dads, it's so good. <laughs> Bath dads was. Had a big coming out party. So in, in so then in, after in effect, the phone lines are always open. But right after your montage, could we take a few live calls then? I am willing to offer you that olive branch, yes. <laughs> but I don't think you're going to want to because you're going to be like, Damn, we're going to be that was just so good basking in the glow. These, these P ones are so funny. Why would I want to follow it up with fake Chan Ho? So you, by the way, fake Chan Ho, you're welcome to call two one four five two three crow. Two one four five two three crow. Now, do we need to rename it for this? Probably, Probably so. Probably not him. Because I was looking at um, the numbers two seven six nine, and trying got? to come up with some new words that you could use out of that. And I, uh, I know you just got excited because of. Uh, go on. Because of. There's a one hundred percent chance this will be a sixty nine joke. Go on. <laughs> I have a 69 joke to work in here, but I was saying I wished we would talk about our, our listeners as the Bad Radio Army because it actually spells out army. It does? Look at the the letters. Yeah, I don't I don't want to be associated with any sort of or we could radio go, military will thing. You be like, or we could go with... Will you be a lieutenant? What is it? 214-525? Five, 523-223-AP69. <laughs> Call us on the old AP69 line. <laughs> I think this is going to be great. Okay. It's okay. just a different kind of a situation. Treat it just like the crow line. Don't leave me something more than 30 or 40 seconds ever because it'll never get played. So but quick, snippy, audio in, Twitter. In the most meta way possible, can we go to the phones to see if we should ever go to the phones? That's a great idea. Hi, you're on. Good afternoon. You're on the ticket. Go ahead. Hey, Dan, how's it going? The best. See, he would edit out this part. This wouldn't have made it. I have a question about Norm dying. If Norm dies, would y'all take on the extra two hours? Or would they just replace it with, like, somebody else? Gold like that here on That's a good question. That's a question that is on the mind of the P1. What if we work this into Norm decides to retire? Why, why do you need to take it so dark right away? Well, I don't know. It's just the question is: What if Bob dies on spring break? Don't I don't want to die? A lot of P ones are thinking bad about it. Molly. Though. See that that's a great call right no, there, Jake. Wasn't. That's that was a great call. That was not a good call. No one fixed that. That guy knows that call. Hi, you're on the ticket. Go ahead. Yeah, anything that pisses Jake off, I think we should do ten times a day. That's just kind on, of that's just kind on principle. of. Were you sitting in on the Bob and Dan meeting before Jake got there this morning? Yeah, because no, 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 uh, that is kind of how we decided to end up doing the crow line today, or uh, whatever we're doing now. Screenless. Uh, good afternoon. You're on the ticket. Bachelor slice born one. See, there you go, Jake. Is that what you're looking for? No. Would you put that in the uh, the army line? No. If the real guy did, I would, but not that phony. Would you put it in the APOX line? <laughs> no. <laughs> You'll quickly turn that into a vaccination thing. I'm positive. Good afternoon. You're on the ticket. 
Long time, four time. How are y'all? Hey. Hey, can you settle something for me, please? Go on. No. I was uh, once, many years ago, uh, a little windy, sorry. I was once in studio on the ticket airwaves. Can I consider myself to be ticket's own? Yes. All right. Would this have made the cut, Jake? Uh, Yeah, probably. Oh. I thought also, for sure. Uh, wow. I thought you were a better editor than that. <laughs> also, also, real quick. Oh, there's no, more. I oh, there's more. Okay. Oh, Jake said you're done. Uh, hi, you're on the ticket. Go ahead. Yeah, don't ever take phone calls. <laughs> oh, this thank you. This, thank is, this you. is the worst thing you've ever heard. Out strong. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. Oh, okay. That, wow, <laughs> this ever happened. ever happened. Now we've got a whole. Even with Crane Guy. Uh, good afternoon. You're our final caller on the ticket. Hey, it's wonderful. Um, what? Guys my age, nearly 50, <laughs> we uh, can't stand Jake. And, and I think it's probably because he um, hates good music and all he likes is rap. And we're really wondering what the ticket's going to come to when it's just guys like him and the Soroys. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to die. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, the reality oh. is it's coming for all of us and you probably sooner than us. The record clearly shows he's not just into rap. Get made fun of either way. He's in the Garth. That's right. Right? And Wayne. Absolutely. Wayne and Garth. Uh, you know what? You guys <laughs> you is. guys are standing outside the fire. I, th- I thought. You're living your life standing uh, outside the fire. I'm standing underneath the Georgia pine. I don't know about you right I now. I heard uh, six callers there destroying. So uh, that is possibly the last ever rolling screenless there is a guy. and phone uh, scan here on Bad Radio. It's 10 till 3. This is the ticket. Well, P1s, that's all for the podcast this week. Have a fun weekend. I like that. We're ghosts. Andy Panda, his five-foot stuff panda that rides to work with him every day. Hi, guys. Oh, good morning. Good morning, users. How are you? (laughs) Good. How are you? Good to be back. You haven't had us on in a while. I know. Well, Uh, we've been busy. It's good. Why Um, don't you ever have us back? Do you not love us, Muser? Of course we love Norm. We work with him every day and talk with you every day at 10. And Mm -hmm. Andy, we don't see you too often because he keeps you in the back seat. Do I smell bad because I'm a musty panda? You smell a little bad. You do smell bad. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Norm. Uh, You know, you thought... uh, with the Major League Baseball opening, uh, well, Sunday night, we're really talking about that. With it opening yesterday, with opening day, we thought we talked baseball. And because baseball is a talking sport, Andy and I thought we would bring in a friend and someone to talk arm. baseball because baseball is a talking sport. Please welcome from the hard line, Grego, the hey, hammer. Hey, Grego. Hey, Norm. Good morning. Hey, Craig. Morning. Hey, Andy. Morning. Hey, Grego. Grego, it looks like you've brought a little friend. Well, I have, Norm, because you're not the only one up here who has a lovable, cuddly, darling little animal friend. Mm-hmm. I have a friend, too. Look at this. Well, who's that? It's Polly Pussycat. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah look at that. So yeah, I thought you'd bring Clyde up your dog, but you've got a cat now. No, I got a kitty cat. Hello, Polly Pussycat. It's Grego, your mommy. Yeah, See, yeah. look how he sits in my lap. Mm-hmm. He's so nice. Polly Pussycat, tell Norm you love him. Meow, meow, I love you, Norm, meow. (laughs) See that, Norm? He can talk and everything. He talks just like Norm's panda. (laughs) Norm, would you like to reach into my lap and pet my pussycat? Uh, (laughs) 
I tell you, I would love to pet your pussycat. I would. Go ahead and pet him. That's <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Oh, that's great. Why is Grego moaning? Well, the pussycat and I are friends. Meow, meow, Look at him. I can put my hand in Polly's little pussycat mouth, and he won't even bite it. Ah, you damn pussycat! I'll kill you! Meow, meow, he bit me! Gregos mean to me, meow. Oh, is He's he? mean is to he? you. How is he I'm mean not to mean to him. Meow, meow. He hosts hot tub parties and makes me the only guest, meow. Oh, that's weird. That is weird. <laughs> that is weird. Uh, well, good. I didn't send out the invitations till late. Oh. I hate that cat, Norm. Oh, no. I Yeah, do cats and pandas get along? No, I don't like meow. cats, Norm. Oh, uh, that's okay, Andy. He's our guest. He's a guest on the show. You should like a pussy cat. Are you being sweet now, Polly Pussycat? Meow, meow, I'll be sweet as long as you don't put peanut butter on you, meow. I told you not to oh. mention that, Polly Pussycat! Oh. Take that! Oh, Take no! That. Stop it! Take that! Uh, hang on, guys. Stop hitting the cats! Let's, let's remember what we're here to do. We're here to talk baseball. Uh, Graco, you and your pussycat have some picks? All right, that's right, Norm. We're going to do the American League. Grego, oh, we're going to get calls from the Humane Society. You stop pounding that pussycat. All right, I will, Junior. <laughs> Let's do the American League Central. Holy pussycat, you want to make your pick? Meow, meow, Cleveland, meow. No, you damn bitch! Chicago wins this! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Mm. Please, Grego. You tell him, Grego. Yeah. All right, let's do the AL West now, Pauly Pussycat. <laughs> meow, meow. Rangers, meow. No, you oh. sewer rat domestic short hair. Seattle wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my crinkles. Calm We've down. been through this before we came on the air. The Pussycat can have a different opinion. Pauly Pussycat's failing me, Norm. <laughs> She's fine. All right, let's do the AL East. <laughs> Polly Pussycat, who do you pick for the AL East? Meow, meow. Baltimore, meow? You stupid piece of Mexican taco meat, I'll kill you! Oh my gosh. It's the Yankees! Settle down, Grego. You bitch! Settle down! (laughs) I'm sorry, Polly Pussycat. Yeah, that's better. Want my wild card pick, meow? Mm. All right. Give us a wild card, you pussycat. Let's duck. Anaheim, meow? No! Anaheim! Take that! Oh, stop it! You pussycat! Stop it! Stop it! Oh, no! I'm gonna eat that pussycat, Norm. You can't eat that pussycat. Why not? Well, you're... (laughs) For the math black? (laughs) You are a panda, and that is very true. And that is pics of the panda with their special guests... Grego and Polly Pussycat. <laughs>